At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Friday, April 22nd, just baseball show. Before we get into it, because we have a lot to get into, we're going to talk about our friends at Loop. We're going to do top five DHs, naturally with some honorable mentions. Arm Layton has a uh, an adjustment to Fangraph's defensive war rating. Finally, they're getting with the times and accounting for defensive alignment. But first, Peter Apple, Arm Layton, before we get moving, this is like, you got to hand me the slip of paper before you leave the classroom. What does Alex Verdugo look like? What does that even mean? Like, does he look like the Lucky Charms guy? Oh. What does the Lucky Charms guy look like? I'm trying to think in my head. No. I just Googled it. No, he doesn't look like the Lucky Charms guy. He doesn't guy. look like the Lucky Charms guy? What does he look like then? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, Is this already a flop of an episode? Good. <laughs> I yeah, think, apparently. I think, I think we're doomed. We're doomed. Actually, All right. no, I could see a little Lucky Charms guy. Just a teensy bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, there, we were just talking about him viciously misplaying a ball yesterday. Uh, Kevin Gosman was on fire. The Yankees couldn't hit. I texted, it was a great day for the little man in Major League Baseball yesterday. Yeah, Jack, your White Sox sucked. Helped me lose a bet. They got swept by the Guardians. You didn't say that in your big guy, little guy rant about how the Yankees can't hit, the Red Sox can't hit, the White Sox can't hit either. That's fine. The Guardians are a littler guy. The little guy won. Yeah, the little guy won, certainly. And I'm a, I'm a little guy who lost, so I'm the little guy who lost. We're recording right before the uh, the Marlins take on starting pitcher Jordan Hicks and the St. Louis Cardinals. Are you feeling good about the little guy tonight, Arm? No. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I took Moneyline Marlins on that one because I, I love Pablo. I don't believe in Jordan Hicks being able to be stretched out as a starter, but, I mean, this Marlins offense has been putrid. Uh, they Sandy Alcantara went eight shutout, and they – uh, lost the ball game. So, I mean, it's just one of those situations. But I am very intrigued by Jordan Hicks starting. I'm excited to watch that. But if the Marlins can't get to Hicks as a starter, I mean, whatever. I'm curious what it's going to look like. I, I told you guys right before we started recording, I'm very intrigued about Jordan Hicks, the starting pitcher. And Peter, you shook your head immediately. Like, I, I don't care. Like, 
what's he going to do in his start? I don't think it's going to be an opener type thing. I think Hicks is like, if he's good for three innings, they might put him out there for a fourth. Do you think they will though? I feel like it's just going to be two or three innings at the most. I mean, they have just so much bullpen help too. Unless this is the plan for them moving forward. I just don't understand why you have an often injured reliever who makes his money off the ability of throwing 103 mile an hour turbo sinker ish type pitches if you put him in the rotation, you're going to lose a lot of that and then open him up more for injury. I, I'm confused by the Cardinals' decision to put him in the starting rotation in the first place. So he was a starter coming through the minor mm-hmm. league system. He, he appeared in 37 minor league games. He started 34 of them. So this is a guy that can go four innings, five innings, but he hasn't done it in a couple of years. You're right. And he's got a Tommy John surgery sprinkled in in between. Like, I don't think this makes any sense whatsoever for Jordan Hicks to be a starter, but you know what? Shout out the Cardinals for, for going uh, with, with Albert Pujols, Adam Wainwright, and Yadier Molina on the roster. They are thinking outside the box and going new school. I like I it. <laughs> I like it. Well, here's the thing too, Jordan Hicks, they, they talked about it for a little bit when they sent him out to the fall league. That was something that they wanted to build him up, but also had been talking about stretching him back out to a starter. Uh, it's more of that opener role, I think, in the meantime, go through the lineup once and then kick it to the bullpen, which is improved. Uh, I think they're just trying to find a way to get through the first five, six innings because I mean, right now the rotation is just paper thin. Yeah. What do you think of the Yankees lineup, Peter? That was a good transition for me, right? What do I think of the Yankees lineup? I think the Yankees lineup is anemic. I think they can't hit for anything. I think Joey Gallo is – I'm just waiting for Joey Gallo's ex-Woba to kick in. He's hitting 111. Can't I touch got a anything. Text. And I got Glaber. a text from my buddy who uh, is is a trainer in the New York, New Jersey area. That was uh, the bench coach for the Brewster Whitecaps in the Cape Cod Baseball League when I was out yeah. there. Tommy Weber. He just texted me during the Yankee game. He said, "I am better at baseball than Joey Gallo," and he's a I, I think he's sixty. He's a sixty year old <laughs> white guy that's like five eight, and he said, "I am better at baseball than Joey Gallo." My dad called me on the phone a couple of days ago and yelling at me trying to get me to say who's a worse player overall in baseball than Joey Gallo. And I'm like, dad, Tim LaCastro is worse than Joey Gallo. And he said, no, he thinks Joey Gallo is the singular worst player in the entire sport. I don't know if I agree with that. What about Glaber Torres? I couldn't disagree with that more. I agree. But what about Glaber? Who's better, Gallo or Glaber? My dad's in between on those two. How about IKF? IKF's been swinging it. IKF's been swinging it. He's not the problem. Gallo's so the problem. Here's interesting, the problem. interesting thing I heard on the Yankees broadcast that I thought was pretty cool um, was like IKF kind of was honest and just said, I grew up liking the Yankees and I came over to play shortstop for the New York Yankees is, is very intimidating. And it's a lot to, to try to live up to. And I was trying to do too much and got away from like who I am as a player, which IKF is the definition of not trying to do too much. That's the value he brings. He does a little bit of everything and he's going to give you just all of those intangibles and, and really just not have a hole in his game. He's trying to do too much early on and admitted to it. And I thought that was kind of cool and we've seen him settle in. Uh, so it might not be a coincidence. I wouldn't be surprised to see IKF get it going, uh, but I would be surprised to see Gallo get going. I don't know if he's built for New York and Glaber. Yeah. How fun is that? That honesty earns respect with, with Isaiah Kiner Falafa. He was being honest. He said, I, I was way too deep in my own head. So I decided to get out of my own head and I got better. And then Alec Bohm is all of a sudden beloved by Philly. He got a after, standing O. Yeah. After he says, I, I effing hate this place. He was like, yeah, I said it. I was frustrated as hell. And then he gets a standing ovation that, okay. You can shit on Philly fans all you want. I understand that 
Eagles Phillies fans are are brutal at points. But you know what? This cool. dude just showed vulnerability and honesty, and he was rewarded with a standing ovation. And they like Alec Bohm now. Yeah, and it makes you more patient. And here's the thing: the Mets last year, you got Lindor and McNeil fighting, and they try to pull out like the raccoon thing or whatever. Like everyone just respected them less after that it was like okay this is a full joke right now so yeah i mean a little like life lesson of the day right just just be honest and it probably will pan out better for you life lesson of the day is if you only have to hit go ahead and hit um we're gonna do top five dhs uh and this is you know we're doing five because it falls off a cliff after five there's nobody aside from that because there are only a couple true dhs in major league baseball uh and one of them one of like our top five isn't even entirely a dh he pitches every fifth day too so like that's that but this is a list of just pure mashers we're going to do this and then we're going to move on to um that fan graphs war conversation uh and then we're going to wrap up with our friends at loop cool cool with me we'll get through this pretty quick um let's start with our honorable mentions cool First honorable mention is Fran Mil Reyes. Uh, the Franimal just embarked on his third full big league season. He's got homer totals of 37 and 30 in his first two full seasons. He can't hit for shit right now, but he'll get over this 350 OPS that he's sporting. We just saw uh, the White Sox play the Guardians. And when I was freaking out about that game, what did happen in that game is Fran Mill took Dylan Cease to right center, absolutely pelted a ball. And that looked like the real Fran Mel Reyes. And they were talking on the broadcast, can a swing like that, can the impact of bat meeting ball just kind of translate into more success for him later, just kind of settling in? I think Fran Mel Reyes is going to settle in, and I, I think he's just a really solid player. 421 big league games for Fran Mel Reyes, already 92 homers, and he is 26 years old. This is a guy that can put together a, a decent career if you just look at counting home run numbers because he's going to be a walking 30 to 35 and and they need him to be like badly you know they they really need him to to step it up because we know this offense I mean I know this started hot out of the gate but Fran Mil Reyes is the guy that needs to put up the numbers for them and you know right now it's it's a bit of bad luck it's a bit of just timing it looks like to me because chase rate not bad uh but he's just swinging through stuff. So it seems like he's just a little bit out of whack. I think he's going to settle in. He'll be just fine. And again, like it's not, it's not as if he has a a 10 year track record, but he has a good enough track record where you can say this guy can hit enough. He's kept the K rate under 30%, just a hair, but under 30% in his career, he'll be just fine. Uh, And he needs to settle in. But once he does, uh, that'll help the guardians outlook big time. One year wonder that still provides a, a little bit of boom here. Luke Voigt is another honorable mention. Um, he's another guy that can't hit right now, too. He's got 22 bombs in 56 games in 2020. That led Major League Baseball. A trade was welcomed. He was phased out after the Anthony Rizzo deal. The power numbers aren't there through the first dozen games. But you know what? Voigt's walking 20% of the time right now. He's not getting thrown strikes, so he's not swinging at shit. Voigt is when he's on and when he's healthy, he is legitimately one of the better power bats in baseball. That's the only problem with Luke Voigt is 
availability. And that's probably why he'll never make a top five because the rest of the guys have been just hitting baseball now for a decade. And Luke Voigt has not, but when Luke Voigt is on the field, he is certainly talented enough to be within the names on this list. Walk me through the Luke Voigt experience in New York in 2021, because I think a lot of people didn't necessarily understand that it wasn't Voigt playing poorly. It was, they felt like Voigt was unreliably, you know, he was always injured. He was unreliable to be on the active roster. He spent a lot of the year in Somerset just on like rehab assignments. They went and got Anthony Rizzo and Voigt got pissed. What what did Yankee fans think of 2021 Luke Voigt? Well, Luke Voigt, the problem is that Luke Voigt got hurt during the year. And, and just like you said, and then he had to split time with Anthony Rizzo and he never fully got going. And that was the thing. So it's like, why are we fighting to give Luke Voigt more playing time if during that playing time, he's not really performing? Like in 2021 with the Yankees, he slashed 239, 328, 437. It's not bad, but it's not worth trying to force him into the lineup when you have a guy like Anthony Rizzo, when you have an Aaron Judge, when you have a Giancarlo Stanton, when you had Gary Sanchez, so many DH options, then Rizzo's the better fielder. So where are you going to play Luke Voigt ever. And that's why Luke Voigt, unfortunately, was the odd man out. And now is the San Diego Padre. Yeah. I don't have much on Voigt other than I think we kind of saw what the value is for him at this point, which is just not that high. <laughs> when we saw the trade made, um, you know, Voigt is a guy that can impact the baseball, like Peter said. But if he's not impacting the baseball, he's quite literally useless. And exactly. Injuries have really held him back from being able to consistently do that. When he comes back, it's like, oh, okay, now he's getting back into the rhythm of things, finally gets back into the rhythm of things, and then gets hurt again. Uh, so for, for that kind of position, he's just not worth the, the ups and downs, but I hope he gets going in San Diego because he's, he's a fun player to watch. He's fun when he's on. He's not yeah. fun when he's not 100% on. No. Yes. Um, last honorable mention, we had to choose between Miguel Cabrera, who, Aram, I want you to sound off in a moment about um, Daniel Vogelbach. We said no to both of those. And we settled on Andrew McCutcheon, who is actually settling into a DH role right now. Uh, Cutch daddy hit 222 uh, for the Phillies in 2021, but he hit 27 bombs. McCutcheon, like, same with Miguel Cabrera. His credentials are from 2015 and before. <laughs> so McCutcheon is just the still able-bodied one. The thing is, though, like we're acting like he like we put him on the list just for fun. And but he was the last one left old bag. But he he does hit lefties very well. I mean, that's still a part of his game that I mean, he had a OPS over a thousand against left handers last last Happy year. The Friday is, splits. God. Yeah. Can't nothing hit righties like, that well. And nothing I, like a platoon DH. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem with Andrew McCutcheon. He's not. He's definitely on his last legs, but I. I feel like we were calling him this Albert Pujols level player when he's not an Albert Pujols level player. He's better. Than that. How different is he? Like he's, he's a little bit better because he's still a little bit more athletic and capable in the field. But if he's a DH who only hits lefties, is he not just Albert Pujols? I think he does hit righties better than Albert Pujols does though. All right. How about this? How about you pull up McCutcheon splits and I'll pull up Pujols splits from 2021. Okay. And then I'm going to explain why Garrett Cooper probably should be on this list. Perfect. We asked you and you said Garrett Cooper's playing first base. I know. That's the weird thing. He's, he's getting a little bit of run everywhere. They're going to start playing him more in the DH spot. But for whatever reason, he's playing first. And like already he's had two injury scares because he's a big 
just falling all he, he's like perpetually tripping uh so i i just I, it's it makes me nervous but the guy hits like every time he's on the field he hits i think he's he's kind of similar to that like poor man's void in a way uh just because when he's on the field he's productive but it's just how often is this guy going to be on the field he doesn't provide any more value let's hear the splits um all right uh give me mccutcheon's splits against lefties first against lefties last year in 195 plate appearances he had 15 bombs slash 293 405 622 with 1027 ops okay Against lefties, Pujols last year in 146 over plate appearances. What? He was over 1,000 OPS. I know that. No, he wasn't. He was a 939 oh. OPS. Oh. McCutcheon better against lefties. McCutcheon, uh, th- or uh, Pujols, pardon, 13 bombs, 34 driven in, hit 294 with a 336 OBP and a 939 OPS. So McCutcheon wins the lefty battle. Let's talk righty battle now. Okay. McCutcheon against righties hit 12 home runs, drove in 48, slashed 186, God. 298, okay, 352 for a 650 OPS. 650 OPS? Yes, sir. Pujols in 150 appearances, slashed, <laughs> slashed 180, 233, fi- or, uh, 180, 233, 266 for a 500 oh. flat OPS. So, so here's, McCutcheon here's my, is like 150 points better of OPS yeah. at both. Yeah. Here's my question on Pujols. How can you be so freaking good against lefties and just so bad against righties at this stage in your career? It, it's got to just be purely velo. I, I guess, but like... So as a young bat, you would think breaking balls, right? Ready, ready, right, match exactly. slider away. But he's like 40, so he should know how to hit righty, righty breaking balls now. He's 42. Maybe it's just hard to get there. I I, I don't know. Or like arm side run fastballs are just blowing him up inside. I have yeah, no what, idea. What if he's like, I knew it was cub, but it was just so fast. I couldn't just, see it that well. It's just too <laughs> fast now. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. But uh it's funny to see how like the, these guys in the last leg of their career, the, just the the born hitters, I'd say McCutcheon's a born hitter. Pujols is obviously a born hitter. He's the machine. Like they extend their careers because they just still somehow are able to hit lefties until they can barely walk anymore. And both those guys are doing that. So, okay. uh, so love, love seeing McCutcheon on the list regardless. Talk to me about the second best born hitter that's active right now. Because Pujols is the best born hitter that's still active. Miguel Cabrera is two and Miggy's got 2,999 career hits. Thank God he didn't get 3000 yesterday. Why was he in the lineup a midday game at Comerica park on a Thursday? What are we doing? Sit him and get him in the lineup Friday night against Rocktober and let him get 3000 then. Yeah. You want to hear a worse one than that? Uh, Ichiro was at 2,999. Uh, the Marlins were playing in Colorado. They, it was the last game of a, of, a, of a road trip. And the next day they were going home. And I think they like either pinch hit him or left him in the game. And he got 3000 in Colorado. It was the triple. It was the triple. Why, why not just wait one more day? Yeah, like, what the are we doing here? Terrible. Like, 
I don't think uh, I don't think an April twenty first win uh, in Colorado is worth it. I don't I don't think an April twenty first win midday against the Yankees on a Thursday when the Tigers are not going to be postseason contenders this year is worth it whatsoever. And it's a classic off day to have like that yes. after a late night game, he went off, like give him the off day the next day. He was horrible <laughs> against Jordan Montgomery. Montgomery carved him up. Uh, and then people were livid that that Aaron Boone intentionally walked Miggy there. Boone's trying to win freaking ball games. It's the right decision. It's the right to say it backfired, but it was the right decision. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm glad he didn't do it on a mid-afternoon game. But the crowd was still phenomenal given the circumstances. I also loved his response when he didn't get it when the media asked him, Did you care about your 3,000th hit? He's like, No, why would I give a fuck about that? And that guy, that's actually what he said, like using the F word and saying that I just don't care. We lost. So when did the sport become about individual accomplishments? Like that was even better than hitting 3,000 hits. Like that was such an awesome response. It was an awesome response, but I don't know if I buy it. No, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Of course I don't buy it. It was the right response, but like I I replied in the chat. I was like, he's been losing for eight years. Like he doesn't care. Uh, But you know, and this team's a little bit more competitive. And uh, I I do think that there was a level of frustration that they lost, but I think he's smiling ear to ear if he got 3000 in that last half. I'm sorry. Aram, hopefully tonight's the night that your favorite player growing up gets his 3,000th hit. I just want you to have the floor for a moment and like, tell me again what Miggy means to Aram Layton, the baseball fan. Yeah, no, thank you for that, T-Up. Because like, to me, he just made baseball look easy. He was the first guy that made baseball look easy to me, right? Like you're you're watching all these guys swing and miss and just all the challenges that go in, like prospects coming up, struggling, uh, whatever it was, older guys aging. And every time Miguel Cabrera was up, I thought there was just a chance to get a hit. And then, you know, there was just always those distinguishable moments. Uh, But what always stands out most to me was when he was getting intentionally walked in Baltimore and they were being lazy, they're lobbing it in. And Miggy, my dad would always use Miggy as a teaching, a teaching lesson for me in a lot of ways until he started to get lazy on his at the end with Miami or with Florida and they ultimately yeah. traded him. But intentionally walked, my dad would always get so annoyed when, when hitters would just stand there and just not do anything. And he's like, you never know. You never know. And I remember Miggy's in his stance, focused on this intentional walk. The pitch is a little bit close to home plate and he shoots it the other way for an RBI single. And my dad was like, see, that's why you never take a pitch off, whatever. Like, even if they're intentionally walking. So I, I think what, what Miggy means to me beyond that was just like, not only was that the first player I gravitated towards growing up, like my dad was using him for teaching lessons. Look yeah. at the way he goes the other way, you know, cause I was like 12 years old trying to go pull side on everything, you know, and hit the ball over the 200 foot fence. He's like, Look at the way he goes the other way. Look at the way he goes with the pitch and fouls off tough, whatever. And like, he was the teaching canvas for me. So uh, you know, just seeing Miggy have this career, uh, I know my dad would be would be so amped to see Miggy with three thousand two, like twenty years later in Florida, like that triple crown year in Detroit. I'd say in Florida through when you could see his prime really taper off in Detroit. There was nobody that was more enjoyable to watch than Miguel Cabrera because, like you're saying. Your dad could use him as, as a tool to teach you about baseball because he was literally the perfect hitter. It was him and Pujols that were perfect. They were bat to ball. They were adjust within it bats. They were not hunting a certain pitch in a certain location. They are the best sea ball hit ball players of our formative years of baseball. And that's why they were so good. And that's why they're so well regarded by people that are 20 years old and by people that are 60 years old. 
and probably by people that are 80 years old that are still watching baseball. Yeah. And both, and they both did it with a smile on their face too. Oh, just yeah. happy guys too. Fun to watch genuinely. And they didn't put a needle in their ass. They didn't put a needle in their ass like some other people. And the guy who's on this list, you know, <laughs> has also gotten into some of that, some yeah. of that stuff. So I think now it's time to get into number five. Yeah, we could do top five. I did just uh, recount Barry Bonds' 609 OBP in 2004, though. He was intentionally walked over 100 times. But uh, yeah, get us going with number five. Jesus. Yeah, I think he has more intentional walks in his career than the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay yes. Rays franchise. That's, that is a real stat. That, that is, is a real stat, a real which stat. is just disgusting. But number five. Nelson Cruz had his first full season in 2009, and ever since then, he's just continued to hit nukes. And in 2022, he's still doing it. Cruz signed a one-year deal with the Nationals at 41 years old, and he'll probably play again next year. From 2014 to 2019, Nelson Cruz averaged 41 home runs a year, and he was on pace for 48-plus in 2020, and he hit 32 bombs as a 40-year-old last year. Cruz has never been a boom or bust guy. He has a career average of 273, and he has five separate seasons hitting above 300. Nelson Cruz is a DH at his core. He's a bigger guy with no speed or defensive ability, but man, can he barrel up a baseball. So the last time Nelson Cruz had an OPS plus under 115 was 2012. The last time he had an OPS plus under 100 was in 2008, 2007. How old do you think Nelson Cruz would have to be to have an OPS less than 700? Like now. You think he's going to have less than a 700 OPS this year? Yes. I think he's done. I think he's cooked. You think he's cooked? I unfortunately think he's cooked. 58 plate appearances. He's 10 for 51 with a homer and seven driven in. I just don't like what I see. I mean, we were wondering, like, how, how long is he going to be able to, to keep going? How long is he going to be able to do this? Uh, this isn't just, like, a slow start this year. He was horrible in the second half last year. Yeah, he was uh, bad. And, and I do have some concerns that he's just fading. He's not hitting the ball as hard. He's not catching up to stuff as well. I think just human being a human is catching up to the guy who's going to be 42 in three months. I, I think this is the year that he kind of just tapers off and uh, this might be it. He got the big contract, you know, he got $15 million for this last year. And, and I, I really think that this could be kind of the end for him. Do you think his knees are starting to tell him when it's going to rain? Oh, I, I think so for sure. Arm, you really think so? He's striking out at the lowest rate of his career. He's walking more than he did in 2021 his all of his like like his expected stats are pointing towards that he's gotten a little bit unlucky and he's had he has a hundred and thirteen mile an hour hit ball this year. I mean, yeah, hundred thirteen is fine, but Nelson Cruz is a guy that's always been been above that. I, I mean, you look at strikeout rate. I don't care about that much. Look at Albert Pujols' K rate still. Like it's still low. Like the guy's still going to put the bat on the ball. It's just it's on the fists or off the end. Or I, I, I'm pretty concerned. He was horrible in the second half. He looks overmatch now to a lot of degrees i just i think he's 42 years old i just that's really what it is for me on a non-competitive team mind you too jack do you think he's washed no because adrian's is re-injecting the youth into him no um, but seriously no i like so yeah because he's 41 years old he's about to turn 42 um but no because it's nelson cruz like it's it's the same thing 
Um, I'm so sick of just going on Twitter and seeing Tom Brady still going strong. And obviously Nelson Cruz is not the Tom Brady of baseball. He's nowhere close to that, but like, I'm not going to call somebody washed until they actually show me on the field and watching him right now. I see a teensy bit of what I'm saying, but honestly, I think he's been swinging the bat like an old man for the last couple of years. And he's still giving me 35 Homer seasons. Yeah. Similar to the giants. I just can't count him out. I still think he's going to hit over 30 home runs. Like, for example, he has a 246 Woba versus a 356 X Woba. So the quality of his contact has been good so far. I still think that he's a good player. I don't think he's washed, but I, I, I he's not the he's not the guy hitting 40 or 45 anymore. But I still think he's going to be a productive hitter for the Nationals this year. Right. And the thing with Nelson Cruz is like the only way you measure Nelson Cruz as a 41-year-old at this juncture of his career on a bad team is by counting the sheer number of home runs that he hits. And I think he could sell out for 30 to 35 still. Can he do it for two more years? Probably. Is everything else going to suck? Yeah. The overall level of baseball play that we're going to see from Nelson Cruz will never match what he just did. Um, but he can still hit 35 bombs because that's all he's going to do. I mean, the only I time we're so. going to see Nelson Cruz on the field is when he's at bat because he will get his four at bats and you'll never see him in the field and you'll never really see him running on the bases either. That's fine. That's when we need to go to the kickball thing when you have the big chunky kid kick and then you have somebody else run for him. I'm in for that. I, I Pujols, I'm the most in for that. I, yes. Watching Pujols run hurts me inside. Oh, I hope dude. Cruz still has more in the tank. I really do because I, mean, I, I would like to see that guy hit till he's 80 years old. But Okay, so a teensy bit lower scale. I just watched Luke Maley score from first on a triple. That guy can't run. I was watching. I was watching him and I was like, I could pluck 90% of the fan base here out, start them at first base and say, beat Luke Maley home. And I think they could do it. There's a lot of dudes who can't run in baseball right now. Grandal cannot run. Molina cannot run. Sano cannot run. Like there Sano, are some can, dudes. Sano can't put a ball in play, so he doesn't need to run. There are some dudes who cannot run. Like, like get off your couch speed. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Um, all right. Four. Four. JD Martinez is one of the most underrated pure hitters in big league ball. And he's the fourth best DH right now over the course of JD's 12 year career. If you average out his numbers over 162, he's hitting 290 with an 880 OPS, 38 doubles, 34 homers and 107 driven in last year. He led the American league in doubles with 42 and he belted 28 jacks. He will never match what he did in 2018. It was his first year in Boston after signing the massive deal. He proved that he was worth the money. He hit 330 with a 402 OBP and he slugged 629 with 37 doubles, 43 homers, and he led the AL with 130 driven in. Again, he will never, ever replicate that. But if he keeps pumping out 280 to 290 with nearly 30 homers and 100 driven in, he'll never leave this list. He'll constantly be top five. I love JD because in a bad start to 2022, he has an 817 OPS. Yeah. With that swing, that's what he does. Yeah, that's just what he does. Doubles, home runs, OPS, batting average. Slugging. I mean, he does it all. And he's even walking at the highest rate since 2018. And it's he's just he's so good. So one of the like terminology things that you know, like we'll use a lot in like the prospect side of things is like feel for the barrel. Once you get to the big league level, most of the guys have like a feel for the barrel, yep. but JD Martinez has it to like the nth degree, like mm-hmm. something about you just watch his swing. He just 
controls the bat so well, it feels like his barrel just sleeps in the zone. Like it's just perpetually in the zone. And, and he just has an unbelievable feel to just barrel up baseballs to all fields. I mean, he's a guy that peppers the wall, but he's a guy that's going to split the gap in right center and, and talk about like Nelson Cruz aging gracefully up until, you know, now, even if he, even if he fell off now, he aged gracefully. Right. I mean, he's 42. JD Martinez is someone that I think is going to age gracefully as well. I mean, he's 34 now. Uh, he's still putting up numbers. As Peter said, a quote unquote, slow start is still an above average season thus far. I, I think he's going to be a guy that hits for a long time because of how good of a feel he has for a swing. And it's just a proven product at this point. This is a guy that sprays line drives all over. So at this point last year, when we did top five DHs, we didn't talk about any of the numbers in regards to JD Martinez. And we just talked about how he manufactured his swing to be the best swing possible. And that's a guy who like, I'm sure you guys have heard the stories about how much T work he does and Mm -hmm. all the drills that JD Martinez does. His swing literally looks like he spent 10 years creating it in a batting cage to start the barrel at the back of the zone, end it at the very front of the zone. And you have, you know, a window that is 10 times larger than the average major leaguer to put quality contact on a baseball. You know, he had 42 doubles last year. That's what I said. He led, he led the league in doubles. 42. That's a lot of doubles. That's plenty of doubles. That's why that's I'm that's what I'm saying, man. Like, like Pujols always said he was a, he was a line drive hitter that hit home runs. And, you know, I believe that to a certain degree. Uh, J.D. Martinez is kind of in that same boat of just a guy that hits the ball hard and some happen to – a lot of them happen to get out. But he's really a guy that's hunting the gaps, line drives, and just hitting the ball hard. And that's why I love, I love J.D. is that you don't have enough guys like that in the game. Uh, and, and he's somebody that you can just count on to, to be pretty consistent for you aside from a wonky 2020. Yeah, but 2020 doesn't count. 2020 was a fake year for everybody. I think so. Yeah, I mean, J.D. Martinez stole a base in 2020. It's definitely a weird year. Yeah. Yeah. You guys want to talk about number three? Nah. Nah, I do. Number three. Giancarlo Stanton checks in at number three as one of the most menacing power bats in our game. Since StatCast started tracking in 2015, Giancarlo Stanton owns the two hardest hit balls ever tracked at over 122 miles an hour. There really is no debate who hits the ball the hardest in baseball. It's Stanton, and it's not that close. Of all the balls hit over 120 miles an hour since 2015, he has over 85% of them. His 35 home runs last year marked the fifth time he's reached that height in his career, and he even hit 273 with a 354 OBP. Stanton has also been one of the better postseason players in recent memory. His 185 WRC plus in the postseason dwarfs his regular season WRC plus of 141, even though both of those numbers are incredibly elite. Stanton has a lot more barrels to make in his career as he's just 32 years old. You also didn't mention that he's super hot, borderline hottest guy in baseball. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Borderline hottest guy in baseball. He was, I'd say, end of his Miami tenure when he won his MVP. When he did the body issue? When he did, when he was on the cover, he was on the cover, right? The body so, issue, yeah. yeah. Yeah, ESPN, the body issue. I'd say he was then, like, weird, yeah. weird publication, by the way. Like, ESPN, the body. So, yeah, my, like, low key, Arm, you're so right. It's, a it's weird pretty weird. Like, no one asked, I think. No one asked for that. Like, I don't, I didn't ask for John Carlo, even though he's chiseled in a Greek god. And I didn't ask for Prince Fielder either. Okay. So, I, I didn't asked ask for, for Prince Fielder. I was the one that sent the letter in and I said, Can I get no. Prince Fielder and ESPN, the body? 
I was like, I was the one who asked. Yeah, that, that was, was me. Was I was sorry, everybody. But I agree, Arm. It always came out, and I was like, this is kind of weird. It's uncomfortable. Man, I don't woman, need to see it. Don't any need build, to. whatever. It's just uncomfortable to me. I don't need it. Yeah, I, I agree. Are, are you oh, ever watching a the game the and you're just like, I wonder what he looks like without his clothes on? Like, no. Oh, dude, come on. I'm sure, <laughs> like, I'm sure the overwhelming majority of the public at some point has been like, Giancarlo Stanton shirtless. <laughs> How many Starling Marte shirtless searches do you think there have been in the New York City metropolitan area this year? I don't think that many. I think a ton. Uh, um, but, okay, getting off this quickly because I feel like I could bury myself six feet deep right now. Um, I understand in theory why ESPN did it to appreciate the people that spend their entire lives on perfecting the human body. Totally. I understand that in theory, but I agree. In execution, the weird like $1,000 setup for the photo shoot is kind of bizarre to me. Like water shooting down at everybody's like crotchal regions. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, to block it. It's like yeah. splashed. Yeah, it's, it's a little much. I digress. I just don't know who, I just, I truly don't know who asked for that. And they were like, yes, this is the body issue. Why? Yeah. So uh, natural transition. Let's talk about Giancarlo Stanton's expected Sierra. <laughs> that's wrong 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 yeah. wrong stat oh is he all right sierra is a pitcher thing right yes yeah, is a pitcher thing you should know that no i'm getting closer to actually thinking wins are valid when i talk about ex woba and woba it does make me think that the only naked body i've seen is in the body issue and not in real life <laughs> <laughs> that was good that was um, really so, good so that was Stanton. good Stanton, <laughs> that was a good one, Peter. <laughs> um, the the uh, the thing with Stanton is just the streakiness, right? Everything else, I you know, I love John Carlos Stanton. I loved Mike Stanton. Seeing him come up too, that was a guy that was so fun to watch uh, in the Florida Marlin days. And you know, it was tough to see him go trade wise, but you know, it just made sense. And for the Yankees, it made sense too. And, and like what what I like about Stanton is what Peter alluded to in that in that kind of opening for him was last year was a big year for. I would say consistency. Like he's naturally right. going to have his peaks and valleys, but he hit 273 and he got on base at a 354 clip, which is, you know, a little bit down from like the years where no one wants to pitch to him. But in a year where he wasn't lighting it up power wise, 35 home runs is slightly below some of his bigger years. He was hitting for a higher average and he got on base at a decent clip. That will help him age more gracefully. It's not going to hit him 120 forever, but. I liked seeing a more complete John Carlos Stanton last year. And as Peter said, I mean, he, he looked phenomenal in the, in the wild card game last year too. He levels his game up a little bit on the big stage. And also the thing about Stanton is Stanton is a better hitter when he plays the field, when he's DHing, he doesn't hit as well. So when they put him in right field or left field, not only is he looking healthy, but then it, in turn at the bat, he's even better of a player as well. Like he just had a great throw from right field, nabbed a guy at third, He's not a bad defender either. I think he's going to play a lot of outfield this year for the Yankees. He's, I mean, he's just 32 years old and he has 350 home runs and he's never, well, actually 349. He still hasn't hit his 350th, but he's probably going to get to 500. I mean, I think we're looking at a potential Hall of Famer here. Yeah, no, I, I, think, we not? I think it's very possible. Postseason no, success, 500 home runs, and he's not a hole. Like he's not a 32% strikeout guy with, it's 230. I mean, he's 250, 260 ish. So that's the yeah. other thing. He's a career 28% strikeout rate guy, which is a lot lower than I think a lot of people would would presume John Carlos Stanton's career K rate would be. 
But he also Absolutely. struck out less last year than 28%. Am I, am I correct on that? 27%. That is correct. Technically um, incorrect. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would say, yeah. I mean, if he gets to, it's very feasible that he gets to, let's say he plays six more seasons. And I think that's conservative. He could play more as a DH. Six more seasons, 30 to 40 home runs a season. He'd get to just about 500. And he, it'd be a serious case because how many guys have 500 home runs aren't in the Hall of Fame? I think zero is the answer, right? Aside from PEDs, right? Like yeah. just, just guys with no other issues, just baseball player alone. No, I don't think there's anybody else that's had 500 home runs. It doesn't make it. So, I mean, it's kind of a testament to just how much this guy has produced. And not to mention, he's put up one of the craziest seasons we've seen that year before he went to, to New York. 59 home runs, 132 RBI, MVP for a pretty mediocre team at best. This guy can play, and, and he's still got plenty left in the tank. He was about to break the Maris record clean, like without asterisks next to the name of the people that have broken the Roger Maris single season home run record. Stanton's the closest one to it. I in never Marlins seen Park. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unbelievable, unbelievable power. I mean, in since Statcast started tracking baseballs on Baseball Savant, they track every single ball ever hit since 2015. 2015. He he is the hardest hitter in baseball in the Statcast era. Yes. So his average exit velocity since Statcast started tracking average exit velocity. His career average exit velocity since 2015 is 94.8. 95-0 is hard up. hit. 95 miles an hour constitutes as a barrel if it's between 18 to 34 degrees of launch angle. So he's almost averaging a barrel. Yeah. Un-fucking-believable. Yeah, and he's put up a 120 exit velocity or better in every single season. Unbelievable. Which is things that some of the best power hitters that have ever played the game haven't even sniffed. He has some of the most impressive home runs ever. It's not the length. It's the, it's the distance off the ground and that it still goes out. That's always the most impressive Giancarlo Stanton. When he hits like a low liner to the right side and then it just curves around the foul pole and it looked like a single a for any other hitter, but it's it, a homer and it could kill somebody because it's, it's a, a weapon. Yeah, It's, it's a, a literal danger in the, in the first couple rows of the outfield. Yeah, it's, it's, like the, uh, it's like the splash zone when you go see Shambo yeah. at SeaWorld, right? Yeah. <laughs> But this one can actually kill you. Um, all right. Number two. I love number two because he is, you know, when we talk about Giancarlo Stan, we talk about the prodigious power that he has. This guy is 10 years younger and that's like eight years younger, but he can still do it. Among DHs in 2021, Jordan Alvarez was second in WRC plus RBIs, isolated power, slugging percentage. And war. He was a three and a half war guy as a DH last year with 33 homers, 104 driven in, and a 93 mile an hour average exit velocity on batted balls. Ignore the counting stats in the power department for a moment. In 240 career big league games, Jordan Alvarez is hitting 288 with a 370 OBP. He gets base hits, he gets on base, he hits line drives at a 38% clip. He pulls the ball less than 30% of the time. The majority of his contact goes up the middle. And a nice way in 22 to bounce back from the COVID IL, a multi-homer game on two pitches that are in off the plate that he gets his hands in and sends moon tanks into the second deck at Minute Maid. The king is back. God, he rakes. He's, he's one, of the, one of the rare Dodger mistakes 
Yeah, uh, really, really. Talk rare. about that trade arm. That is a screwed up trade for the Dodgers. Rare, rare Dodgers mistake. And you know what another rare Dodgers mistake would be is uh, O'Neill Cruz. Yeah. So yep. two, two prolific power guys that just, uh, you know, that kind of shows us some of these big time power bats can come out of nowhere. I'm pretty sure they traded him for, for Josh Fields too. Uh, if you yeah. remember the right-handed pitcher. So Jordan Alvarez for Josh Fields. Uh, you never know with prospects. And, and Alvarez, I'm sure this is one of those cases where when you're coming up, he's 6'5", 225, and they're like, oh, well, he's going to have to really hit to be valuable at the big league level. Well, guess what? He's really hitting, and he's valuable at the big league level. I, it's, it's off the charts with almost everything you look at. But what I love about Alvarez is we talk about swing and miss issues. We talk about, you know, power guys, you're giving up some frequency of contact. You're giving up some inconsistency. Alvarez is consistent. Alvarez is, is a hitter. And, and he's a top-notch power guy. And, and that's why he's one of our favorite bats in, in the game. And another guy that it's super early on, but has that complete ability at the dish to, to really be able to build up those cumulative stats that 15 years from now, if his knees hold up, uh, he, he's somebody that you're looking at as a potential Cooperstown candidate just because of how balanced the offense is. I mean, Arm, just to add to that completion – And he's not also, you talked about the swing and miss. Not only does he not swing and miss, but he's not a guy that feasts off fastballs, but you could spin him to death possibly. I mean, he hit 276 off breaking balls last year. And between breaking balls and off speed in 2019, 240 off breaking, 388 off off speed. So you can't throw him a fastball clearly because he's going to put it on the moon. You can't throw him any breaking ball because he's either going to spit on it with how disciplined he is, or he's going to put it on the moon. And you can't throw him a changeup either. Because of everything I said, he's going to because put it on he's the moon. is is he going to put it on the moon? He's going to put it on the friggin' moon, Jack. Jordan <laughs> uh, is six five two twenty five. He plays like he's six eight two eighty. He yeah. plays like a massive. He plays like Judge. Yes, he plays yep. like Judge, but with better bat to ball. Yep. Um, Jordan mm-hmm. Alvarez. Mm-hmm. All the phones there. Better bat to ball than Judge. Yes, you would say so. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think Judge gets thrown out of whack by certain pitches. I think you're right too. There's more swing and miss. I mean, larger strikeout. You're right. You're yeah. right. I, I think just had to. I just had to let that through in my head. But you're right. So is that Judge is the thirty percent K rate guy in his yes. career. I believe so. Jordan's twenty four percent. Yeah. Like my thing with Jordan, watching him go through an at bat again, he changes. And I feel like there are some at-bats where a judge or even a Stanton or the guy we're about to get to or a Nelson Cruz, they zero in on a fastball. And there are some at-bats where it only looks like they can do damage on a fastball. And if they get three sliders that are perfectly located, they are done. Your Don is so adjustable throughout the course of an at-bat. He looks like, and I'm not going to like, I'm not going to say that he looks like Miguel Cabrera there, but he's got similar characteristics when it comes to adjusting within at bats to the Mm. ones that made Miguel Cabrera great. And the ones that make Juan Soto really good right now, like that type of thing. I like that take a lot. And, and you know, it's backed by that too, is I think one of the best, the last things I'll say on on Jordan is, is one of the ways that you can tell a hitter is pure uh, is, is uh, their splits, right? Like if you have a hole in your swing, especially left on left, those tend to get, you know, exploited a bit more. He's a guy that has consistent splits. Even look at last year, 881 OPS against lefties, 874 OPS against righties. He's Incredible. just a complete hitter that you can't beat. It's, he's really hard to beat. 
Yeah, we just talked about it. You can't can't beat him on off speed. You can't beat him if you're a lefty. You can't believe a righty. Not high velo, not low velo. How do you beat him because his barrel just stays in the zone for an hour? It's called intentionally walking, and it worked yeah. with Barry Bonds in 2004. Yep. Your dad, Alvarez, has just the definition of donkey pop. Yeah. Correct. Talk about number one. Number one is different. Number one is not really a DH. Number one is a pitcher. Did you really expect anyone else but Shohei Otani as the number one DH in baseball? This list ranks DHs, so I'll refrain from mentioning he's one of the best pitchers in the American League. But how about this? First, he led the position in home runs last year at 46. DHs are supposed to hit the ball hard, and Otani was in the 97th percentile in a hard hit rate and average exit velocity. Not only is he the best home run hitter on this list, but he's only he's the only one who stole more than one base, and he stole 26 of them. And he also had eight triples. How many DHs do you know out there are hitting triples like that? Otani does things that we've never seen before on a baseball field, and I cannot wait to see what he has in store for us in 2022. Did you mention that he also pitches? He does pitch. He's a pretty good pitcher. I think you said that at the beginning. Fucking game yesterday. Yeah, I I heard you mention it at the beginning. I just wanted to make it abundantly clear that Shohei Otani he does hitting, but he also does pitching. Has a splitter. Both. He does both. Both. And he's so fast. He is so fast. All three. Thing. All three. All three. The, The three baseball things. Three. Sure. Yeah. He's like an eight tool player. Um, it's, it's wild. It, it's absolutely player. insane. I, I will say though, I love Shohei Otani <laughs> as a hitter. I do. Of course, everybody does, but holes. Is there a scenario? I mean, like I think Jordan on the pure DH standpoint, I think by the end of the year, Jordan could surpass him. And it, uh, the speed is important. I think as, as Peter notes, but Shohei was not the most efficient base dealer. Uh, so it, it was borderline not worth it. He is still faster and he's a plus on the base paths is just being an above average runner. But we talked about how you can't beat Jordan. There's ways to beat Shohei, uh, especially with the break and stuff. You can spin him to death a little bit. You're right. He's going to get his home runs. And I agree with the ranking of Shohei one. But, you know, we could just sit here and, and do what everybody else does and say Shohei's the, the goat. But if we're just talking about a DH through the DH lens, Jordan's coming. Jordan's coming for Shohei, but the good news for Shohei is he also pitches and Jordan can't even step on the field. Don't send this to Ben Verlander. I really like that point, Arm. From a straight offensive standpoint, you could make the argument that Jordan is a better hitter than Shohei. But Shohei had a better season last yes, year than I so think Jordan he, I agree has with ever the had. So yeah, but you're not, that's not insane at all. I like it a lot, actually. No, I just think it's going to be funny when Shohei Otani is not the top DH in baseball. He's not a top 10 starting pitcher in baseball, but he's far and away the best player yeah. in baseball. Yes. Without being yes. number one at his position, he's the best player overall. Can Correct. you imagine we just put him third on this list because we're like too much swing and miss? He's not. Yeah, he's, he's not got a hitter. lot of swing and miss. Yeah. Tons you know? of holes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From a I, pure hitter standpoint. Do you remember man, Do you remember first time Colby Olsen was on the Just Baseball show? Colby Olsen, your co-host on Not Gambling Advice. Um, and does great work in the data and analytics side of, of just baseball. First time we had Colby on the just baseball show, we brought him on to talk about Shohei's excellence. When, when Otani finally put it all together and he had a month of being the best player in baseball, and there's nothing to argue with that. Colby, the first thing he said was, yeah, you know, I think he would be better off if he just got rid of the cutter. 
<laughs> I was like, dude, we just invited you on to like talk about how good he is. And you're just here being Ebenezer Scrooge right away. You're like, yeah, no cutter for him. No, we can't do it. And I think now he's throwing his cutter less. Yeah, yeah you, you listen. The cutter yeah, stunk. Um, hey, we're going to talk about fan graphs and their adjustment to, to defensive war. We're going to nerd out at the end. But first, our friends at Loop sent Aram some info. They've got great breaks going at all times. Uh, and there's some cool shit that you can get from Loop. Aram, tell us about the cool shit. Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, to start it on a negative, Bowman pushed the product back. The, the Bowman Baseball 2022 release is May 4th. And, and I'm oh, depressed Bowman. about that. Star Wars was- Day. I was about to, to to shell out cash. Yeah. So on Mother's Day, sorry, mom's not getting gifts. I'm I mean, spending it, all my money on loop. Reasonable. Uh, I get it. You know, yeah. sorry, mom, George 10. Valera. Yeah. 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 Mom, have you seen George Valera's swing? He's in 2022 Bowman baseball and I want to buy it. Uh, but I do have one crazy poll that they sent us from one of their sellers, Breaks with Jess, pulled a Wander Franco rookie button auto. So it's, it's literally a card and then it has the, the Jersey piece with his button in it. And it's, there's only six of them. So I guess there was only six buttons. <laughs> so I don't know. Or I don't know how they did that, but it's out I of want, a tops inception box. I and want a wander card so bad arm. We were talking on not gambling advice about wander. Colby thinks that between three forty to three sixty batting average for wander, like year over year is not out of the realm of possibility. What? That's what he was saying. 340 to 360. It's out of the realm of possibility right now because he has some serious flaws in terms of hitting right-handed pitching. Um, you sure? I thought he, last he time I checked, he's last like year, 400. But... Is right? He, is he doing it this year? Did he figure it out already? I mean, I don't know his exact splits, but I know his uh, like, oh, I mean, I he's have it. 392. 467 against lefties, 361 against righties so far. But it's 15 and 36 at bats, respectively. But that is that's the only question because he was a little inconsistent from the left side. But 392. I don't know what this card is worth. And Loop always sends us like the 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 big polls. And the problem is the, the big polls are like one of threes. And so it's like, okay, what other Wander Franco autographed button like cards have you seen out there? So tops inception, you can go out there and and rip. Every seller has it, I think, right now. Uh, and now there's only five of those buttons left that we know of. Um, it's but, like the golden tickets in Willy Wonka. Yeah, it's the reason why I love the love, I love doing these segments too is because it's crazy that you can pull cards that are worth houses <laughs> yeah. every week. Every week, not not just oh, this was the big pull of the year. Like, wow, what an amazing card this guy got in a year. No, no, we're just updating you every week on all these houses that are just getting pulled for free. Okay, so I'm scrolling through this app right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count them real quick. I'm going to count the breaks that are live right now and that are scheduled for the next 24 hours. And then we're going to join a break to show you like how unbelievably easy this is. So you got Casa Breaks that's live right now. That's one. Buff Breaks, two. Roadshow Breaks, three. Game Time Cards, four. Papa J Cards, five. Cashville, six. Fresh Pulls, seven. There are seven breaks that are currently happening right now. You've got one scheduled for 645, 730, 8, 830, 910, 930, 945, 10, 10, 10, 
midnight, 1 a.m. I'll spare you it's, all this. It's and so- someone's pulling a crazy expensive card like every day. And here's the thing. All you have to do, this is a free app. Just download the Loop app. You, you go just to this dollar in. sign at the bottom and I'll just click this break right here. And it's just like loading the live stream. And here we go. I'm in a break. right Breaking. now. They're about to say, hey, Jack, how's it going? Because it notifies you. It notifies the sellers when you hop in. I, that's my favorite. I told you guys last time. Aram, how's it going, my man? I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm about to pay you so much money. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I left because I was scared. I, yeah, I didn't want no, to do no, it on They'll the see you. So you know, to Peter's point, like there's some crazy stuff coming out. And so I know for people, I, I got a couple DMs of people like excited to try out Loop. And uh, it's L-O-U-P-E. If you can use the description to download the app, the link in our description, I'd appreciate that because that lets them know that we sent you their way. Uh, but the Casa Breaks uh, people that you just mentioned, they're the ones that pulled the one of one Shohei Otani tops autograph. So, uh, you know, I can't even imagine what that's like. I like I told you, sometimes I go in there and I just watch what people are pulling. Uh, but to, to answer what you should be looking for, because I know there's so much different product. And when you're scrolling through, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so many different things. And all you have to do is click the product you want and, and pay through Apple Pay. Like that's how they do it. We are detailing kind of everything that's out in the hobby. Check our collectibles vertical on justbaseball.com. We have like a release. We put out articles of what to look out for in terms of product, who is in the product that you should look for, what players are going to be the most notable uh, so that you know what you're looking for when you go on the Loop app. And then we also have our show on YouTube, Cardboard Consultants, where I'm joined by our cards guys, Kendall and T, where we're talking about everything in the hobby so that when you go onto the Loop app, you'll know what you're looking for. Uh, but Bowman for me with the prospects is what I'm always buying any year. I don't care. Uh, 2020 Bowman draft is what I look for as I go through the sellers on there. Cause every seller has different product, And um, I'm always looking for anyone that has 2020 Bowman draft. So I can pray. I pull a Jordan Walker or Robert Hassel or Ar- torque. Arm. I have or a hypothetical torque. for you and Jack, I have a hypothetical for you too, but I'm such a card guy, but yeah, I don't do hypotheticals. Yeah. I live in the moment. I don't do if you got, if I gave you arm a briefcase and I said, here is the Shohei Otani one of one signed the greatest Shohei Otani card possible. Are you selling right now? Or are you holding? That is the hardest question ever, ever. I <laughs> wanted you to answer it live without any prep. <laughs> I'm selling, right? I'm selling just because I feel like he's at this, this, I wouldn't say peak because we don't know what the peak is, but he's pretty high up there right now. Right. And like, I, I, I am not as risk tolerant. I could buy, I could sell that and then buy a bajillion packs on loop, or I could just go out and buy torque cards and like millions of other cards. And I, I just, I would like to spread the the risk out Diversify. because Shohei is one of the hottest names in the hobby. When I went to, to the card show, the national card show, it's just Shohei everything. Everybody wants a piece of Shohei, which is awesome, but I, I would probably sell. That's why you got to diversify your portfolio. For example, diversify. if you own a bunch of Netflix, if you own a bunch of Netflix today, you got the rug pulled out from on you because they're trying to extend, you know, they're taking away password sharing. So oh. you know, I, I, I saw this funny TikTok today. It was like, uh, I'm screwed. Um, Did you see the look on his face? <laughs> it was someone, Arm, it was, it was like, uh, you're talking to a Netflix employee and they're like, oh, were you watching... Uh, shows with your kids and he's like oh yeah my my three-year-old like loves watching netflix and they're like what what where's his account and the in the end of tiktok's like what do you mean he just watches on mine like no no needs an account 
and basically the story is that Netflix's shares just got Ooh, down thirty percent. I think that's not good. Not good. Not good. But they lost about two hundred thousand subscribers in April. Oh, Ooh. that's a ton. It's supposed to be like seven hundred thousand by the end of the summer. Well, good news about just baseball: no paywall, no subscription. Good oh. news about Loop: no paywall no subscription and you can share the app with your friends and stuff like that. The link is in the description. That is terrifying though, by the way. And honestly, like when I invest in sports cards, cause I've invested in a lot of these baseball cards, you know, like, yes, going after the cards in loop is a ton of fun. Uh, but if, if you're looking to just like invest in some players too, like spread it out, right? Like definitely spread out all the different kinds of players that you're, you're buying. If you're looking to collect and then obviously whatever you pull is a ton of fun too. Uh, but I'm also extremely excited to get into my war thing as well. Yeah, we'll do that in a moment. I would say before you hop on Loop or before you hop on uh, our friends at eBay and look for some cards to invest in, um, we've got a pretty nifty handbook live on JustBaseball.com to tell you some of those guys. Um, you can use the top 100 prospects as a handbook. Uh, Aram Layton just wrote a novella. It's you know, for some, oh, no. I guess you could classify it as an erotica. Um, but Aram Layton <laughs> just put an erotica together, for me. He yeah. put together the Odyssey of the top 100 prospects, and you can find some guys that you can buy for cheap on eBay. Um, if you find them on Loop, you can uh, you can get really excited about. Uh, and that thing is is your magnum opus to this point until next year, until like mid season. <laughs> yeah. Jack, I feel like you're in like a mood, like a. Like you've been making a lot of sexual references in this podcast. Like, are you you dude okay with it? Yeah, he's we doing had a long, nooner. I've been up for a while. <laughs> he's also doing long distance, and his girlfriend is not in Indianapolis. So just thinking, <laughs> he's just he's just his, his his head's in the gutter right now. I mean, he was he was quick to talk about hot baseball players, talk about erotic novels. Somehow sexualized. Hold on, he's hold on, hold he's on. in a he's in his. He's you sexualized right my top one hundred list. Hold on. yeah, yeah, he okay. literally listen. <laughs> I guarantee you, I'm not the only one sexualizing your top 100 list. And Giancarlo Stanton is a layup because that dude is smoking hot. Okay. okay. That's my cop out for both those times. I, I, Gabe Every Kapler. subject has then started with how hot that various subject could be if it was a person <laughs> or if it was. So, but top 100 list is live. Really <laughs> proud of it. Really excited about it. Um, you know, whatever you get out of that, whether you just, it's informative for you, if it's, turns you on, whatever it is, definitely go check that out. Um, it's, it's, it's something I put a lot of time into, uh, Jack and I'll be breaking it down on the call up, uh, which I'm really excited about too, going through like nine, 190 and 10 by 10 by 10 by 10 all the way through. Uh, so everything you need to know is on that list, 55,000 words, everything you need to know about each of those prospects for sure. So that's that. All right, let's talk about F4. So I don't shoot myself in the foot. Okay. Yeah, how sexy is F4? <laughs> yeah. Well, some what seasons just got for. <laughs> <laughs> well, some seasons just got a lot sexier because Fangraphs just announced that basically they're adopting, you know, well, first of all, they, they're eliminating some of the antiquated aspects of like range, UZR and things like that that were factored into defensive value there and defensive sucks. war. Yeah, because because you have shifting and you have all these different things now. So they've adopted Statcast, uh, and what Statcast does into these defensive stats is it, it it marks where these players started defensively. So it shows their range based on where they started before the pitch was thrown. Uh, and Fangraphs is obviously very confident. This was a big heavy lifting for them to change all this. So they're confident that this is going to give them 
a more accurate depiction of defensive value. It's retroactive to 2016, which means it's going to change the value of some seasons that we've seen dating back to 2016. Some better, some worse. I want you guys to guess which two shortstops had their, it was their 2018 season, had their season improve by two F4 and 2.3 F4 respectively. One is a big name. One is not. Improve. Improved by 2.3 F4 and 2 F4. In 2018? Can you give us like a little hint? I just, I have no idea who it like could one is known for his defense, um, Kevin and Newman. another is just got paid fat and is a big name player. And well, not not as fat as we thought. Correa, Correa's one. Correa got two more WAR. Correa's 2018 season went from 1.6 F WAR to 3.6 F WAR after they factored in the range. Nick wow. Ahmed in 2018. <laughs> Went from 1.7 F war to four, <laughs> four. That shows you how good he was defensively. Like he was insane. Some seasons that got. Wait a minute. We need to know what Nicky Lopez's war got changed to last year because he had 25 outs above average more than anybody. So Did he had like a 20 war season. <laughs> good, good call, Peter. He's right below. So Adam angle from the. White Sox in 2017, he really got bailed out here because his F4 was negative 0.8. Now is a positive player from 2018, 1.1 F4. But a few players below that is Nicky Lopez from last year. Nicky Lopez's season went from 4.4 F4 to six. Six. He was a six war player last year. And and also oh, I want name I want the other six war players because if you aren't maybe like you're listening to this podcast you're like oh what is a four war player what is a six war player where are these guys like six war guys Juan Soto had a six 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 f war last year that's what a six war means and that's what Nicky Lopez was at yeah so you, that would have put that puts him now twelfth last year in f war unbelievable. And mind you, he hit 300, 365, 378. So he was above average offensively. But the defensive value there is off the charts. To be 12th in F4 after that is insane. And also, just so people have some context, most players didn't move that much. It wasn't like this totally shifted everything that we have known about the statistics of players. These are the biggest movers, but the vast majority of them did not have more than a one-war shift these were just the 78 individual seasons since 2016 that changed by more than one win, which is really not much in, in, in the grand scheme. So one of these things is not like the other 20, 2021 F4 leaders. Um, Carlos Correa, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Nicky Lopez, Starling Marte, Jose Altuve, Tyler O'Neill. I, I love who Nicky Lopez is sandwiched by there. I, he was that freaking good. You want to see the biggest losers? Yes. 2016 so Correa is one of them at minus 1.4. He went from 5.2 to 3.8. He seems uh, like war can't really figure him out. <laughs> yeah. It, and, and I think what is he, it good for? He took, he took a, a step up defensively after that. Didi um, Gregorius went from 4.1 to 2.5. <laughs> and he, it, it's funny. Cause these are guys that were like, you know, you could say are polarizing on defense. At least Gregorius is Zach Cozart in 2016. I forgot that was a real human being. To 0.3. It's a great name. 
Corey Seager is the biggest loser at tw- in 2016, went from 6.9 F war to 4.9 F war. Oh, hear that Rangers bad player. Oh, Remember the top free agent one. on the board. Remember Seager being better than Correa? Cause I do. <laughs> oh, wait, are, was, are you coming to me for that one? Oh yeah. I'm coming to you for that one. <laughs> Can I also come? Remember when we said, you know, one player would get more money than the other. Oh yeah. No, you're spot on with that. So if we're going to come at me, let's, let's, let's also agree that you guys said no way Seager gets more money than Craig. You're right. So yeah. right. Market didn't yeah. materialize. It's, it's unfortunate. Uh, but yeah. Yasmani Tomas, not minus 1.2. Remember him? I remember that name. Yeah. Yeah. So very cool. Fun to look at articles up on fan graphs and, uh, it's kind of cool just to see the shift. And I think what will be a more accurate depiction of defense. One more specific shout out though, by the way, Fernando Tatis Jr.'s season much improved in 2021 as well from 6.1 F war to 7.3. Uh, wow. So we talk about how, how, and that's what I wanted to wrap up with. We talk about how difficult it is to gauge what kind of defender Tatis is because sometimes he boots the routine plays, but he's shown that he can make plays that very few players can make. He this more reflects that because this reflects the range. And yeah. I think this is this is a better depiction of defensive value. Wait, Arm, what happened to Jeter? It's retroactive 2016. Oh, I facts, wish facts. so much. Dang. I wish so freaking much. G- Derek Jeter would have a zero war, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, or what? Or no, because I wonder. No, what his offensive war because... was so much. He, so, yeah, so, yeah. So, uh, he still I'm... would have been a phenomenal player. I, it, it's 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 a funny conversation. It's a troll almost. Like I'm not really that serious about it, but he would have got hit hard. I, yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's, I think what we're going to start seeing is that like defensive run, save UZR, all of these counting numbers when it comes to defense are going to start being taken out of the game. And I think we're just as a baseball community going to look at defensive stats through stat because I feel like it's just the best way to evaluate defense at this point. Robots are going to do a better job than we are, right? Like AI is going to do a better job. Nah. I don't even know that's technically AI, but when it comes to defense, absolutely. Except like, our I, eye test. Us, robots, everybody else. Yes, I test, of course. (laughs) No shot. I test is important. Hey, did you guys notice that I I went like the last seven minutes of this episode without saying anything sexual? But see, you had to bring it back too because you were thinking about keeping down the Don't do it, don't do it. (laughs) But then you had to be like, hey, do I get a prize for going seven minutes without saying the word? Do I? It's up to you. All right. um, Plug all the social medias. Go follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. At just baseball fans, at just BB Media on Twitter. Check out Loop. Check out our chalkboard. It is our baseball group chat where we're talking baseball and betting every single day. Join that. The link is in the episode description. Go check out all of our articles on justbaseball.com. Mainly go check out the top 100 prospects, which is now live on justbaseball.com. That's all we got, gentlemen. That's all we got. Check Hopefully out Loop, everybody- too. Yeah, we said, yeah, go check out Loop. That's in the episode description as well. And I hope everybody has a great weekend. And with that, thank you, everybody.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.